I've had a few other communities contact me about the league and, and, you know, like, what are the details with it? Can we get in on it? So I know there is interest out there. And so next year will be, hopefully, I would love to see it double, at least. Welcome to episode 221 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. Buzz is starting to grow around the newest addition to the Baseball Alberta fleet of offerings. 2023 will be the pilot season for the new Alberta Girls Baseball League. It'll feature three associations, the Beaumont Minor Baseball Association, Edson Prospects Baseball, and the Rockian District Baseball Association. All three took part in the Spruce Grove Girls Baseball Tournament last year and were all keen to grow it into a league. Not only do they hope to grow the game and grow as a league with more teams in the future, but also to help keep girls in the game longer to become more of a pipeline for future provincial and national teams. I was able to sit down for a great chat with Baseball Alberta Girls and Women's Director Barb Northcott recently to talk about the league, the potential, and the hope to also change the conversation about girls in baseball. Barb, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Really appreciate the opportunity. Let's start with the Alberta Girls Baseball League, a brand new endeavor through Baseball Alberta. Take us back to the beginning on this one, though. What inspired this idea? Associations in Alberta really struggled with girls programming. Um, They would put together girls teams, then they would play in the boys league. So that was what I was hearing that, yes, we'll have a girls team, but the girls really may not want to come back next year because there's no place for the girls' teams to play. So that's when I proposed to Baseball Alberta that really forever nothing has changed. We're, we're trying to bring girls to the game, but we're not providing an opportunity um, for them, you know, to play with girls and against girls. So let's us create the league. Let's us be the leaders in that rather than relying on our associations to, you know, just work even harder to to put um, more effort into it. Let's us do that as the governing body. We'll run the league and then they put the teams in and we provide those opportunities. So that was really the basis for the start of it. Maybe take us back to the, the was it pre-COVID when you were dreaming this idea up? Was this during COVID? Walk us through sort of the, the timing of this, because obviously it's been challenging to try to uh, navigate the last few years and trying to launch new ideas. Exactly. And Baseball Canada has a girls committee that um, we met virtually through um, COVID. And it was fantastic opportunity to talk with the other provinces and find out you know what their struggles are what their um, opportunities are to do better things what what can they offer what are they offering and um, Nova Scotia has had started and granted they are smaller geographically so it was easier for them but they offered um, this girls programming and they called it the Blue Nose League, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is kind of cool. But um, so that's when I I thought, well, you know, why can't we do that? Um, we do have more challenges, um, basically geographic, but um, let's give it a whirl. And so uh, what we did last year in 22 is offered um, – 
girls only tournament. And so Edson, Rocky Mountain House and Beaumont put teams in the 9U and 12U. We were hoping for more teams so we could have it over two days, but we did those three communities uh, set up games for them. So we had a one day tournament. And it was those communities that I reached out to and um, said, would you be interested in this pilot? We wanted to keep it small so we could address any of the issues that are, you know, would arise on a, on a smaller scale and then next year uh, grow it. So those three communities have um, signed on. They, uh, it was a definite yes rate, you know, no talking them into it. It was like, yes, let's do this. This is fantastic. This is what we've been looking for. This will be awesome. We will be able to keep the girls that played together last year. I was going to lose some of them, um, but knowing that they'll get to play other girls three times in the season, yes, I think we can keep them all together and, and we'll have a girls team in this league. No problem. So that was really rewarding to have that, uh, that set up so quickly. Absolutely. When you think about going back to that tournament idea at first, did you have any prerequisites in mind as far as what kinds of teams you were looking for? Was it just the basis of, um, and even going to the, the creation of the pilot league here, were you looking for anything in particular when it comes to, say, interest from girls in each of the communities? Was it the coaches and the, the associations and their willingness to take part? Did you have anything in mind on that front? Um, just, we knew that, you know, it's going to be an introductory, uh, level. So just that we would have numbers. Um, we thought that maybe the 12 U tournament would be a little better caliber. Um, it, it wasn't, but keep in mind, those girls didn't have an opportunity for the previous two years, mm -hmm. some of them, maybe three years even to play. So, um, it, uh, I, I stayed with the 9U tournament. I, I watched the 12Us for a little bit, but um, I was so just inspired to see all these young nine-year-old girls and, and under, there, was, there were a couple six and seven-year-olds, um, just their sheer joy of, of playing, you know, and, and they weren't like, ooh, we get to play with girls. They were just, we're playing baseball. And, you know, this is a, a fantastic opportunity. So um, that's that's the kind of, um, I guess, marker was was their enjoyment, was their was their pleasure at, at uh, participating. Mm -hmm. When you look back on it and you're thinking about 9U and 12U, was there rhyme or reason to those age brackets? Was Is that sort of a year where we start to see interest in the game going away a little bit? Or is there, walk us through the decision to go with those two specific division levels. Well, we need to start a base. And so we have a large number of girls that register in the 9U age category. Mm -hmm. And then they do taper off. As, as it moves up, they taper off. So playing co-ed at 9U um, is okay, but then when they have to move up, um, and so we call it 12U because girls in Alberta can play one year over age in every division. So the t 
girls, you can have a whole team of 12 year old girls playing in the 11 U league. So um, they do start to drop off after that 12 age 12, because then they move up into the next age bracket, but the boys are starting to throw harder. And one thing that we do need um, our associations to do is to teach and not only girls, but to teach the boys um, how to take a hit at the plate. So, you know, don't dodge out of the way, of course, dodge out of the way, but mm-hmm. roll with it or, or whatever, you know, technique you're going to teach. Um, but make sure that we're teaching them younger. So when they do move up, that's not a factor as to why they're leaving. That is sort of the basis of why we started at 9U and 12U, to build that base, keep those girls together, provide a league for them, and then teach them the technical pieces that they need to know. And we'll just build that league. So as the girls age through it, um, you know, there'll be there'll be three teams that, that age up. But as the nine U's come along, um, you know, we'll we'll build more because there are more athletes at that age level. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we open it up to the province, there may, may be other communities that already have 12 U teams. Um, so that would be, you know, the goal. I've had a few other communities contact me about um, the league and, and, you know, like what, what are the details with it? Can we get in on it? So I know there is an interest out there. Um, and so next year will be, hopefully, I would love to see it double, at least. And uh, I don't know if we would have 14U, if we had enough communities that said, say we had three communities that had 14U girls teams. Mm-hmm. I don't see why Baseball Alberta wouldn't be able to um, organize a league for that 14-year-old group mm-hmm. as well. Looking ahead to this summer, how are you going to be measuring success? You mentioned off air that you're open to maybe get out to a few games and, and really see things from the ground level. What are you going to be keeping an eye on to make sure that this thing not only goes off without a hitch, but gives you a really good base to work on as you look to expand in the future? So the teams that are playing in the girls league are also playing in co-ed leagues. Um, so the for example, Rocky Mountain House, I mean, we'll be playing in the Central Alberta League. Mm-hmm. So this, and then they'll have three Saturdays where they're playing, um, they'll host, and then they'll travel to Beaumont and Edson. So what I hope is it becomes um, almost like an advertising uh, venue where the girls um, in other towns and say there are sisters watching their brothers play against the girls team and then parents start talking and say well we also play in this girls league you know and then it becomes um another community sees that it can be done and so they want to participate so that's what i hope to see um come from this is that we expand and we expand by showing that it's that cliche if if you don't see it you can't be it Mm -hmm. so if we can show other young 
young female athletes that if you're interested in, in baseball and you and you like it, but you know you're just hesitant to play because it it's always just boys. You're the only girl, or that you're the only one of two girls. Um, but yes, you would come to the game if you were with a whole team of girls and got to play against girls. How much of the expansion plan hinges on geography? You hinted at it earlier, but are we married to that Beaumont area or are there other areas that you can jump in on? Beyond that, what would you consider to be controllable expansion? Mm -hmm. Um, So what it would be probably the most successful at is if we were to have pods or areas, um, zones, that were able to produce girls teams and then and then come together for say a provincial championship mm-hmm. um so zone four plays together fort mcmurray um and they have expressed interest um and so you know if they have two teams in fort mac um so they've got already two two games that they can play there you know home and home with the two different teams um, we're also hoping to expand into the Indigenous communities. And, um, you know, then then there, say, are four, four teams up in the Fort Mac area. And then we can, we can open it up to the rest of the province. And, you know, maybe there are teams in Edmonton that they have a home and home. So they go up to Fort Mac and play, and then Fort Mac comes down to play. We just have to, you know, be aware of what our parents are willing to do at the young age levels um, and then and then work within that. When you look ahead to this summer, what excites you the most? Well, just um, that people are talking about girls baseball. Um, you know that the Canada Summer Games is offering 16U girls baseball first time ever mm-hmm. so our young girls are our 14 year old girls that are 14 this year they'll qualify to go to the canada summer games so these 9u and 12u girls can look forward to a national competition which is you know a real key component of our growth of the game that we have um these experiences that are offered to girls. So that's exciting um, that that we're talking uh, about the other opportunities. Um, so in the news about, you know, our, our females that are coaching now, um, Ashley Stevenson with the Vancouver Canadians. Mm-hmm. Um, we have umpires. Um, Eileen Hartman from Alberta, she's an official scorer. She scored, she was the official scorer at the Canada Games in Niagara Falls in 2022. Like these opportunities, not just for athletes, but where where baseball can take you. Um, Sherry Reiniger, she's Mm -hmm. been to the Olympics as, as a technical committee person. You know, really baseball you you learn the skills you learn the game and then there's all these different opportunities that's what's exciting that we're starting to talk about that now that it's not just um 
if you knew that person, you knew this was available. Everyone's everyone's talking about girls baseball. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. You you segued into a question I was going to ask a little bit later on, but I'll get into it. Is how important is a league like this, not just from a player development perspective, but also from a coaching development perspective as well? Because being able to show some of these coaches the way to do things and and different ways of doing things and and really being, uh, I'll call it allies in trying to grow the game and be your best um, ambassadors for the game as well. Talk about that level of being able to grow the game from not just a playing perspective, but also a coaching and managing and, and organizational perspective. It's huge. Um, and that's, that's another component of the Girls League is that not only providing opportunities for our athletes, but for coaches and for umpires. And... We have athletes out there who are interested in coaching. This year, our women's team, our 16U team, and our 14U team will all have um, female coaches on on the rosters. So that is a big step, um, you know, to toward fostering that part of the game, um, creating leaders in that respect. So the girls' league will we'll just keep keep bringing that to the game. Um, Edson and Beaumont both have women coaches. Um, Rocky also has a women's coach at the 9U level. And so these are opportunities that possibly wouldn't have been available to them. And so, yeah, we're, we're growing leaders everywhere at the grassroots level and then at the coaching level. Um, and then we're also showing our other females that um, there are these opportunities as well. And so our next area that we need to really focus on is our umpiring, mm-hmm. you know, bringing more females to the umpiring side. From a number of different levels you've seen the game, especially as you think about what your daughters went through as, as an athlete, how has that conversation changed i know in reading watching her ted talk for example and some of the things that she and her her friends were told about you know girls playing baseball and that kind of thing are you are in your eyes are you seeing a bit of a change in the way that people are talking about women's baseball um i'll be able to gauge that better after this year but up until this point I would say it it's changed a little bit, um, not enough. Our girls are stronger. Our girls have more um, opportunities to to have seen that someone has done it before. Mm-hmm. They they have heard more about it, but they're still experiencing it to a degree. Um, and so I hope after this, after this season that I hear, wow, I've never had such a great year. You know, it, this, this really worked out well for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I hope that's, but honestly, I, it, it hasn't changed enough is, my, is really my bottom line. 
It's interesting you mentioned that, and you also alluded to something that I've I've said on this show quite a few times: is if you can see it, you can be it. And I'm curious how much of the work that you're putting into it uh, is based on that looking at what other sports are doing, whether it's basketball or soccer, particularly where there's been a lot of success and there's a lot of attention now on the women's game, especially down South. When you think about the women's basketball and March madness and how crazy that was, you think about Mm -hmm. here in Canada with the women's soccer team as an example, or women's hockey is, is really taken off. How much of that has played into your ideal situation where you can actually get out in the community and, and really start to drive home that point of, Hey, let's capitalize on some of the momentum that other sports are taking advantage of. Um, Well, I think, I think it's a, a good time in history to to be a woman um, because there's the realization that, you know, there's been a lot of gender inequity. Mm-hmm. And so now that's coming to the front and um, girls can, can play, uh, you know, girls baseball is, is a bit different than boys baseball. There's not the strength there. But there's still lots of skill. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a wave we want to ride. And, um, and just, just the exposure that the media is giving to all the women in baseball, uh, coaching, front office. Um, yeah, it's really, it's really a, a good time to, to do our part at the grassroots level. To take advantage of that, um, the media really, mm-hmm. um, and in promoting girls in baseball. Well, and you brought up Ashley Stevenson as a great example, but you've got all these different examples, and and a lot of these teams and leagues are really loving it as well, which I think is great to see. And, and whether it's through social media or whether it's through um, the traditional media sphere, I think there's a, a real opportunity there. So, and it, which segues into my next question, which is about just sort of getting out in the communities again. It's been a tumultuous few years with COVID. I know uh, there's a Facebook post I saw recently where Chris James was up in Fort McMurray with Ashley James and Carrie Jesperson. They were doing that. Um, inspire project idea. I know that you haven't been totally uh, at the grassroots level quite yet this spring, but talk about how important it is to be out in the community right now and really get that engagement going as early as possible, given that you're trying to ride this wave that's going on. It's it's very important um, to be back in the community and to, to be able to teach the technical skills um, to these young athletes who, who've missed out um, on, on learning, uh, Chris is very valuable to the women's program, to the girls grassroots program. Um, his, his team of coaches that he takes with him. Um, we have lots of different, uh, abilities that, um, really, really rise the level of interest and uh, engagement with the young, the young athletes. And so it's it's super important. And if we had two of Chris, um, it would be even better. Uh, he's he's quite quite booked. Um, he's he's been doing uh, different clinics and camps uh, all through this this the winter and early spring here. So yeah, it's it's great. He's up north. He's um, in Edmonton. He was. We have one plan to go out to Edson. Um, yeah, he'll, he'll keep busy 
doing this, but it's it's that important work to to teach the technical skills so they are they have success and then they'll stay because you know if they if they can throw properly and catch properly and hit properly then it's fun mm-hmm. then they'll stick around and speaking of sticking around a lot of girls with their eyes set on 14u 16u and open championships and i know that there's some camps coming up in spruce grove on april 22nd april 23rd in calgary plenty of opportunities to get noticed how important is it to get the word out about those kinds of events as well and give some of these young grassroots, you know, 9U and 12U girls that idea of, hey, you know, if you stick with it, there's some real opportunities to do some really special things down the road. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned our uh, ID camps because, um, and I've even invited some, some parents to bring their younger daughters to, to these ID camps, not to try out, but to see what the level of ability is um, and that it's something to strive for. Um, the more, again, the more advertising we can do, um, I hear it again and again, and I've heard it this spring that, oh, I didn't even realize there was a Team Alberta. I, and where do you go? And, and you can travel, you know, and so... I don't, it's like our best kept secret. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, yeah, the more, more exposure we get, um, you know, the, the bigger the program becomes. Mm-hmm. Final question for you here. When you think ahead to the next year and you think about the next, say, five years, what do you think is the most important piece in all of this when it comes to um, growing the game? What kinds of things do you want people to to really take away as you try to grow the game here um the opportunities that that baseball provides um outside of the game uh 94% of women that hold c suite positions are former athletes so we're not only growing athletes that will become active for life we're growing leaders. Um, you know, I, I want I want coaches to think about and and associations to think about girls programming, and and what if they are coaching and what if they are providing opportunities for girls to become the leaders of tomorrow? Maybe one of those girls will discover the cure for Lou Gehrig's disease. Mm-hmm. You know that. That it's not just the win-loss column, it's the skills that they take away, the leadership, um, just problem-solving, uh, all these traits um, you can learn in baseball. Baseball is like a sandbox. You know, it, it provides this opportunity to, you know, just learn about strategy how to get along in a group, um, how to follow rules, really. Mm-hmm. Um, learn from your mistakes, all, all basically in a safe environment. Um, our female athletes, they'll learn about adversity, you know, playing um, in a co-ed situation. They learn how to deal with disappointment. But they will also experience success. And 
all these skills are transferable in, into their lives. And, you know, they will, they will go on and take what they've learned from baseball. And most of the time it will be a good experience. And then they will, you know, take that into their work life, into their home life, into their family life. Um, there's, you know, we want them to be active for life. And so there's, that's what I look for, forward to that, that we're able to provide those opportunities. And if we can teach our associations, um, teach our boards, you know, not to have an unconscious bias about sport, about baseball. And, um, and, and if a girl wants to play baseball, make sure that we're providing safe environments where they feel like they belong and and can excel and so that they don't drop out and so they stay stay with the program and and just the opportunities that are available are endless really well barb a lot of exciting things going on in the girls game and the women's game and you're at the forefront and glad that we were able to connect and chat a little bit more about this thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast again Thank you, Joe, and I really appreciate all the support you give our female athletes. Thanks again to Barb Northcott for joining us this week. We certainly wish everyone involved in the grassroots of the game the very best this summer. We hope to check back in with them later on in the year to see how things went. Thanks as well to all of you for downloading and listening, and a tip of the cap to our Platinum supporters for all they do for us and for baseball in Alberta. The Oaktokes Dogs and AHP Academy have been integral in helping us tell the stories of the game here in our province. For more on all of our teammates, head to albertadugoutstories.com supporters. Until next time, thank you for all of your support online, on social, and on air of Alberta Dugout Stories.